Some people call it Wednesday. Some some people do, DK. You know yeah. what we call it? What's that? Hump day. <laughs> we got it on the front end of it. We, I've been slacking. I, I will admit that. I must admit that, DK. Been slacking with, with the uh, announcement of which day it is, man. I'm yeah. glad you guys have held me accountable to that. Mm-hmm. Numerous people have, DK. How are you today, man? I'm I'm awesome. Here we go, everybody. Here we go. We, we ready? Yeah. All right. Let me pull this up real quick. Okay, today's episode of the Ramon Foster Show, starring Ramon over there, 11-year NFL guard for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports in downtown Pittsburgh. Today's show is going to be this. Watch this. It's going to be a snap to it or snap <laughs> back to it okay. episode okay. because we've all drifted off so far from the course of the 2023 NFL season for the Steelers. Those two games sucked so much. Yeah, they did. Out of so many that you can almost get the sense like, so we're going to talk about the draft now? (laughs) (laughs) No draft talk, man. None right now, DK. And yet, here we are with four, count them, four really pivotal games. Yeah, they are. Okay? The football team as we speak remains over 500 remains not only in contention for a playoff spot they're in a playoff spot yeah they are so how do we do this moan how do we get back you, you how we get back is this therapy is what we're doing right now not even that type of therapy dk i think we all including myself i i, I told my wife the other day uh yesterday i was just like Man, the Steelers lost. That sucks. You know, like the weekend was complete. I had an exciting game I covered on Monday night. And I was just like, man, it would have been a whole lot better had the Steelers won this weekend. But they didn't. And they lost in prime time on Thursday night. But how we get back, DK, is this. Reminding ourselves that we are the long version of this. You ready? Mm-hmm. Fanatics. Okay? We're fans. I am. I can admit that now, although I look at the team differently and, of course, playing for the Steelers. We're all fanatics. We're crazy. We're maniacs. Fanatics, maniacs, uh, whatever you want to call us, right, DK? We're that. And how we got, how we strayed so far is because, one, we want to see this team win, but football toys at your emotional strings like no other sport. It's only one a week. And for us, we had two bad losses within four days. I think that's what got, like, imagine where we'd be in the conversation we'd be having had they beat the Patriots. And then, of course, it was the Patriots, too. I won't lie. Here in Nashville and in Pittsburgh, I hate the Patriots. There is no other way to frame it, DK. And I think it was a little bit of that. The team that was a roadblock, at least on the AFC side in that mid-2010s era, right, that you felt like stopped you each and every time. You had a very solid team. You couldn't beat the Patriots. Heck, Jesse James still called it. Right. That's the thing, DK. Um, AFC championship um game that we played against them. And and just the three and ten resonated, I think, with everybody. Even if Coach Tomlin ain't your cup of tea, 
Um, that little black cloud right there of that record kind of hangs over. That's why, DK. And we get, we have to wait 10 days to actually see a game. And yet there aren't there isn't time to wait for this team. There isn't there isn't a pause button that you hit, much less a stop no. button on a season. And I, I see a whole lot of uh, reaction from from people that's still focused back on those last couple of losses in that five day span. Daniel Pike puts it probably sums this up the best. He says it disgusts <laughs> me that if we had won one. Or both of those games, how much better of a situation we could be in? Moan, what can you do about those two games right now? Nothing. Play Not the next damn four. Damn thing. You can play the next four. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so very much in the past. And unless somebody like decides after the fact that either the Cardinals or the Patriots have to forfeit, which is a little <laughs> unlikely, those games are over. Unless we get another spy gate. Those performances, yeah, even that didn't work. <laughs> those performances are over. There's nothing that they can do about it. Yeah, uh, I'm as guilty. I'm, I'm not playing like I'm, I'm. I'm different than anybody else here. I, I'm as guilty as anybody of this. I've started focusing in on different things about Mike Tomlin's future, the stuff that Jay Glazer talked about, and whatever else. And at the same time, they still have four football games left. You can look at them as pivotal as any in any way you want to. You can say, well, they're pivotal to make the playoffs because we believe in our boys. Yeah. Or you can say that they're pivotal in the sense of the future of the franchise, but they're really significant. They are, and three of the four are on the road, too. Oh, yeah. That, three of the four are against teams with winning records. Yeah. Colts have a winning record. The Bengals are a game over 500, and the Ravens obviously lead the division. Uh, and for that matter, the Seahawks don't exactly stink. They're six and seven. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. They got a very valid quarterback and a nice defense and some playmakers on that side of the ball. Heck, DK, the way we got to look at this is the way they lost to these very putrid teams that Arizona and um, friggin' the Patriots, we can't overlook anybody and the issues that they have, whether good, bad, or indifferent, right, DK? Mm -hmm. They got to show up and prove themselves week in and week out. And, and truthfully, I think that may be the better take of all things that, that, that they can learn from for this team. It ain't the quarterback play. To me, is it's not Coach Tomlin's coaching. Is is not who's calling the plays offensively or who's healthy defensively. It I, If they took anything from this, it is y'all can't continue to just walk out here and think you just going to make people lay down and you're going to win games. If, if that's not a slap in the face, DK, because here's the thing. The players hold responsibility just as much as Coach Tomlin. I've seen coaches coach up guys specifically, exactly, very detailed DK. I'm talking about down to a T. We get on them as a players. The player understands it, write notes down, and you know what they do when they get to the game, DK? Crap the bed. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, so as, as as much as we had we had a Tomlin episode yesterday, as much as we gonna blame him, I have seen idiotic players do stupid stuff and not compete the way they're supposed to, and that sometimes doesn't fall on the coach. This ain't no make excuse for Coach Tomlin, but we also expect players to be professionals. We expect them to play at a very high rate, and we expect them to play what they weigh too. Meaning, if you're a high dollar guy or a high draft pick, or heck. You're the top 1% anyway. There is a certain expectation that goes along with that too, DK. So the fact that they lost to Arizona and the Patriots, who are well below 500, 
I hope the biggest lesson, again, is that they can't just walk out there no more. Nobody is scared of you anymore. Oh, no. That's what that Minko was talking about. You're not good just because you put the uniform on. No, man. <laughs> so, uh, again, blames on Coach T, yeah. But you also got to call those players out, too. It, it, it's very important to do that. Yeah, it's it's – it's way more of a mix than I think people would like to believe. It's so oh. much easier to just circle a name or a face somewhere in the mix and say, that guy right there, he's the problem. No, no. Every, everybody needs somebody to blame, DK. I know I yeah. look for it too. I know I look for somebody to blame. And mom was like, was it me? Heck, I'll even take the blame for some stuff. And, and I think that's the other thing too, DK. We hadn't really had nobody. And maybe it's because of where they at is so fragile. Like, this is a fragile team, not in the sense of soft, but, like, in the sense of, like, who can actually step up and be that guy? Like, nobody's willing to fall on the sword, too. We had bad games, man. Hey, that's on the O-line. Hey, that's on Ben. Hey, defense, we got to be better than that. Nobody's really – so when's the last time you heard that, too, DK? What's that? Like, that that loss was on us. Like, no players saying, hey, that loss is on me. I feel like – the way you expect that to be the case. It's all, like you said, trying to find no, somebody. That's and that's that's somebody's the coach that everybody's pointing to. That's fair. I, I think other than, I mean, Mason Cole has been really demonstrative when he says, hey, I blew it. I made a mistake. I, but there hasn't been a ton of that yeah. uh, in, in the room. And, you know, well, here's one guy who does it all the time. That's TJ Watt. He'll, he'll be the first one to say, hey, I needed to. No matter what happens, he can have like nine sacks in a game, and he'll be like, man, if I had that 10th one, we could have made a difference here. You know what I'm saying? That's true, too. That's true. It's just been a long lag, DK. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, this is – we have a couple of really good hey, moan questions. So on that note, we I think do. we're just going to skip ahead here because that that's where the, you guys are telling us you've got stuff for, for Ramon. That's where we're going to go. All Let's right? do it then, DK. Let All me right. hydrate myself then while we at it. Let's do that. Let's All do right. For the only segment, by the way, that matters. That's always Hey Moan, DK. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Uh, a handful of you are asking the results of yesterday's show in which we were uh, collecting uh, donations for mm -hmm. the Tornado Relief Fund in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'll turn it over to Moan here in a second. Uh, but to the best of our ability to tabulate, it's a little different because we had, we had it coming in from three different directions. And then <laughs> even then, some of you found different routes <laughs> to approach us. So there isn't a, a big magical number here. Our, our belief is that this figure will approach $4,000, which is unbelievable. Definitely. I was I was floored by it. Uh, I think we tabulated before the show ended. I think we put it in the comments over 3,100. Here, here on the live show. Yeah, 3,100. And then some others. Yeah, that's what she's saying here. And then some others came in and uh, put stuff in comments of the show mm -hmm. after it was after it had already been recorded. Um, I also had people. I have one a Twitter DM for a hundred dollars. Uh, 
And then we also put in a link to, so that you could send directly to Ramon's radio station in mm-hmm. Nashville, a link that they have. We don't have that number at all. No. no so you would have that at your station. And I'll I'll be reaching out. I had the day off today. I was dog tired. I took the morning <laughs> off today. I needed My boss was like, you need another day too? I was like, no, nah, I'll just take one just to get some rest. But uh, I'll get all that from our promotions and sales tomorrow and let them know where it's coming from so there can be recognition from you guys from Pittsburgh. Because if y'all didn't know, so there was a Pittsburgh-Nashville beef too that you really didn't really know like that. But we come together in times of tragedy, and uh, I'll be sure that we get credit for that as they know uh, where it came from tomorrow. So that'll be that'll be big time for us. Thank you guys again. Um, the city's working. Most people are getting their power back on right now. Uh, but again, as DK said yesterday, and we both talked about Christmas is coming up, That's, holiday season. Uh, it's cold. It's actually cold here in Tennessee now. Um, and people lost their houses in this place. So um, much appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. If it, you know, we have obviously no control of what happens with the fund and everything else here, but let's, let's presume that people are good and they'll, they'll, they'll do right by it and it'll make a difference. Oh yeah, they so, should. Absolutely. That's not the, what we, we find them. Cause we have a very specific set of skills, DK and I got a baseball bat and you have the rope. Okay. We'll take care of you. No, you're not into <laughs> you're, that. You're ready to play AFC North ball. <laughs> hey, <Okay. you're> not- <laughs> yeah, we can handicap somebody if you want to DK. If they don't use this correctly. Guys, listen, we're going to take a whole bunch of Hey Moans here. Uh, in the interim, if you're here and you're watching, and we got 500 of you right now, like and subscribe. Yeah, yeah. Like and subscribe. It doesn't cost anything. Like and subscribe. That spreads the show to other fans. Uh, it makes a difference. It's not a vanity gesture or something like that. It makes a big, big difference toward how many people uh, get the opportunity to see the show. And we will get started right off the bat here with Slap Murphy, who says, does anyone really believe that the Steelers could win a playoff game on the road over the Chiefs, Dolphins, Jaguars, or Bills? Does anyone believe that? I saw the Titans beat the Miami Dolphins at their place on Monday night. Down 14 points, less than three minutes to go, and Ramon on the sideline rubbing his eyes going, what the hell am I watching here? Other than any game I played in, AFC Championship game, we had to come back in that one. That's probably my greatest comeback that we've had. We've had a lot of great comebacks, though. Let me not say that one, but that one sticks out the most. Watching that game as a fan and somebody's covering probably one of the best games I've ever witnessed. Witnessed, But when it comes down to Kansas City, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, I think, is they got you at home. I feel like you can get them. But here's the thing that I don't trust in this matchup is the quarterback play, though. That, to me, I think is the biggest red flag that we have going up uh, almost against anybody. Like, that stability bothers me a little bit. Now, that's just me being candid, DK. Oh, you're not alone here, as you can oh. see on the screen, okay? I didn't even see that. Yeah. Yeah, those teams have quarterback play. Uh, those teams have a Will Levis, <laughs> and the Steelers don't. Now, Levis has heart is taking it a little bit too far for me because your your implication there is that like yeah, yeah, any Pickett or Mitch Trubisky don't have uh, heart. Uh, Steelers Freak, of course, has to throw in the obligatory 1970s reference because all references related to football must be made to the 1970s. How about like like a gun like Patrick Mahomes? Brett Favre. You know, or you could even go to the 80s, which is okay. We're I'll go Dante Culpepper. 
Dan Marino. Dan Marino. But everything's always got to be to the 70s. Why Why do we do that? We skip right past four other decades and go right to the 70s. Uh, no, it's funny. Oh, this is good from Mike, man. He ain't even got a last name. Real quick. Hold up real quick, DK. Yeah, Save yeah. that one. Mike went, when you ask the question, see if us winning, in O-P. <laughs> that's some effort that, that is some work. effort oh my. that was absolutely work bruce says that the steelers are a timex watch in a digital league well there's a lot of that going around too it is is that they're they're out of they're out of time and uh jeff rossi comes in with me how many steelers fans does it take to change a light bulb none because they just sit around and talk about how good the old bulb was it's yes. so true. We never even make references to the 80s. Everything goes, we skip past all the other decades and go back to the 70s. Every mm -hmm. single reference has to be something to the 70s. It, that's so true, DK. That's that's where that's where the majority of it started, I guess. How about ah. like these poor dudes from Sticks who were in over the over the for this last game? Yeah. I'll bet you they can't if they were down here downtown and they're walking through Market Square or whatever, I'll bet they get mobbed. You put them in any other city, they wouldn't even know who the hell they are. <laughs> Here's, oh my God, it's Tommy Shaw. The, uh, the, hold up, you just made me thought think about something. Do you something, know DK. Fog Hat? <laughs> I've heard you talk about Fog Hat. Is uh, it, okay? If we're going to be honest, the so it's got to be three greatest eras at the still the seventies, oh five to oh eight, and mid to mid two thousand tens. Is that what everybody only talks about? Yeah, it, it's it all it's all it is too, and it's like. Or do you actually talk about the mid 2010s from 2010 to 2019? Do you talk about that as much? I don't know. I mean, he says Brian says, "Where were those Lombardis from? What about the ones in 2005 and 2009? I mean, those yeah, also five happened. And nine. Yeah, five and nine definitely happened though too. Yeah, it's just but th this isn't this isn't just Steelers. Like we're just so stuck in this. It's, this is half a century ago. You you know there was an initiative inside that building too, and I got to give credit where it's done. Charlie Batch is one of those guys. This is one of those behind the scenes conversations. Charlie Batch made it a point to tell the front office and people who are you know over the PR public relations like, hey, uh -huh. you guys always bring back these championship teams. There was a lot of AFC North winners. There was a lot of guys that contributed in multiple different ways. You got to start bringing back guys that played in those 80s that you're speaking of to do the, the terrible towel wave, DK, he actually made it a point to bring that up. So hopefully we will start to see more of that in those games because that's the thing about it. We only talk about the 70s. We only talk about those championship teams. Like at some point, you can't bring back the guys from the 70s all the time because people pass away. You do have two decades of history to your point. That we do not celebrate. You're 100. No, that, that's about absolutely. That. I mean, if you want to talk about, if you want to talk about whether it's the 80s or the 90s, and you bring wow. back like Lewis Lips was a legitimately a great dog. player. Okay, just a legitimately great player. Uh, Merrill Hodge, who's 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 now in a, a, a battle uh, with with his health. Merrill Hodge is a guy who's become very well known across the football world in the 80s. He did some amazing things at yeah. running back and in individual performances, you know. But man, oh man, it's like he, none of those count. In the nineties, you had some defenses that were beyond belief. Yeah, yeah, played okay? in the Super Bowl too, and should have been an even more. Yeah, 
Okay. Had there been a quarterback in the equation, they would have been treated and greeted the way you're talking about, Moan. Yep. Okay. They would have yep. been they would have come back as conquering heroes. It's not it's not their fault that they're yeah. not. That's very true. And that, that also is why guys deal with a bunch of stuff after because you're you're done and then everybody's done with you unless you're all pro hall of fame or super bowl winner that's so yeah that that hits people sometimes man yeah absolutely yeah levon kirkland i mean quintessential middle linebacker you know yeah uh just commanded the field levon could do anything including athletically it was just I, 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 I'd love to start talking about teams from the 80s and 90s. And I'm not saying, you know, you bury the 70s or whatever, but, man, it's the only thing we talk about. Everything, Kevin, everything Kevin Green 70s. and his stint and, and with the Steelers also. He went into the Hall of Fame as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, well, he, I mean, he went into the Hall of Fame because teams. he had Greg Lloyd. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> okay. that helps too, DK. <laughs> okay. You know? <laughs> Yes, yeah, indeed, man. Yeah, that, I, I, I'm, that's a big I'm, conversation right there. Yeah, it it really is here. Uh, let's uh, let let's let's get back to the the dialogue at hand. I just see Carnell, Rod stuff, Woodson, man, man oh, that dropping man. some names. I mean, Rod, I mean, Tunch, Rod alone. Come on, Tunch you know, and Wolf. Rod alone. You know. Yeah, you're talking about one of the greatest corners in NFL history. Dermani Dawson, but yet when we make a reference to great centers, who do we always go back Marquise. to? Marquis. Well, no, well, I'm talking about Mike Webster. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. always has to be the 70s. That's that's very true. That's so true, DK. Golly, you got a bunch of nostalgia going on now in the comments. Willie Williams, I'm seeing that. Wow. I'm, I mean, Yancey. I'm going to be biased here because this this was that was more my you know when when I was really interested in, in following the Steelers and everything. Th those were the guys that I thought were the the, the kings of the universe, they, I mean, especially were. the defensive guys. Yeah. But I also remember like Eric Green, the big tight end was a freak. <laughs> Nobody had an Eric Green, you know? <laughs> yeah. Could do everything and catch and turn up field and everything. Yancey Thigpen is another one. One of the most underrated Steelers wide receivers of all time. Wow. All right. All right. For real. That's now. some good stuff right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. We, hey, we, we Cordell's that. in that conversation. Wow. Absolutely. Mark Lancaster wants to know Hey, Moan, have you had a chance to see Jaden Daniels throw a deep ball? I could care less about a deep ball anymore. I can. I just, yeah. if you tell me he has everybody a strong can throw arm, a deep ball. Yeah. Yeah. I just need Kenny a mark. Pickett can throw a deep ball. That's what I'm saying. A strong, precise arm. I think that's all that matters in today's game. I, 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 and the reason I say that is because uh, the starting quarterback for my college team, that's all we raved about this entire year. Joel Milton has a cannon of an arm. Boy, he's got a missile. And you know what? It didn't net to a whole lot. So strong arm, most quarterbacks better be able to throw a deep ball nicely. Roland the tenant says, hey, Moan, how do we think the new GM, Omar Khan, is feeling right now? He and Mike Tomlin are they truly in sync on their views of staffing and the team as a whole? Man, this is the same conversation that's happened here in Nashville. When teams lose, everybody always thinks there's a problem between the GM and, and the head coach. Most times it's not. GM always has the, the silver bullet of being able to let go of the head coach. Most of the times they're tied to their own success. If, coach, if Omar decides to fire Coach Tomlin, and Omar brings in a new guy, and that new guy is bad, well, Omar probably is getting fired. Like, they're lockstep, I think, more than people want to give credit to. We always got to think it's a scandal. I don't think it's necessarily that. I think they both want to be successful. 
I think they know they have to reevaluate either the staff, each other, and their process of what they're looking at to get back to what we know as Steelers football and culture. Omar's new with this. Think about where Kev was before Kev got to where you know he's a one-name person, Kevin. Everybody knew Kev is, Kevin Colbert, right? That's what we're saying. Omar is still new, even though he learned under Kev and their relationship on what they want this new age stiller uh, team and era to look like. I, I don't think there's any issues whatsoever. Hodge says our quarterback three, our QB three can throw a deep ball, but nothing else. Hang on a second. Can anybody actually name the current <laughs> QB three? I can't. I'm not being facetious here. I don't know the dude's name. You mean with Kenny not being there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't got a clue. Wow. I'll bet no one knows. And by the way, if you're Googling right now, stop. They lying to it's, themselves. It's so totally cheating. McSorley. Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley. I know him more as a college player. That's on me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I know him from Penn State. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh my DK. We're gonna have to be a whole lot better. Hopefully, we won't see him, but man, that's like, a demerit for me. Donnie identifies him the way I do, dude from Penn State. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 definitely a legend. Hey, you become a legend when you start making plays on the field. We'll learn your name after the fact, right? DK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cold. That's bad. We're gonna be better though. Yeah, McSheer has three degrees from Penn State. What do you do with three degrees? Do you like walk into That's an interview? Tough. What do you do that? What do you do with three degrees? Which which one of these do you need? Which one would impress you the most? We probably can hack into our server, DK. Let's not let's not go too far. Now, nah, what if one of them is like <laughs> aerospace engineering and whatever, and the other one is, I don't know, philosophy? Oh, he said he's a teacher. That makes sense. I get that. Oh, okay. You have to be extra smart. Well, no. The more degrees you get, the more you get paid in education. Trust me, my brother's doing it. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know either of those things. It'd be shocking if if McShear is actually in the classroom. I'm I'm not shocked with three degrees. You're not in administration. Uh, That's what I would guess. Danny Blaze says, hey, Moan, who had the best and the worst visiting locker rooms in the NFL? Worst visiting locker rooms. Visiting locker rooms. Um, Tampa is terrible. Green Bay is terrible with where they sit you up. Like you got to walk up some steep step with cleats on. You're Green, forgetting the most obvious one. The most obvious one of them all. Um, Oakland. Oakland. Oakland is, Oakland's the worst at everything. Oakland was the worst. Within the AFC North, the one that I hear the most complaints about by far is Baltimore's. You can barely move in there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a maze. (laughs) Right. They have you guys, the offensive line guys, sit and face this one wall. By the way, one thing that you need to know this is uh, this is true of almost all sports. The only exception is baseball, where visiting teams get put into these strange settings where there's rooms that are divided mm-hmm. and you face away from each other. And the thought process is that this is going to keep you from being together as a group. I've heard okay. that. Okay. So like, for example, in Baltimore, I have seen, and I'm sure you've lived at Moan, where when Mike Tomlin has something to say or somebody has something to say, yeah. they actually bring you out of the locker areas 
and take you over to where that shower area the is shower in the front, is. right? You did yep. that, right? Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> so you go out to the shower so that you can actually talk as a group. And even then you're like looking over each other and looking people around the corner still. <laughs> yeah. Yep. A yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. That, and that, that's how this stuff happens. That's also how incidents happen like AB in Foxborough with the Facebook Live thing. And Facebook nobody, Live. remember you told me at the time, like, I didn't even know he was doing it. You know why? Because no he was around the corner. You had no idea. Like team prayer and everything could be going on. You don't know what guys are doing. The best locker room was probably uh, Levi Stadium, uh, San Francisco. Oh, I mean, one, yeah, it just shot out of the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Levi Stadium was freaking phenomenal, man. God but they leave. still do it even in the new places. Las yeah. Vegas, uh, where, the, where the Raiders are now at, at Allegiant Stadium, Moan. Yeah. They carved it up into this weird like wow, maze. Crazy. Same thing. They think they're they, they think they're doing something clever, you know? Yeah, make they're just trying to make your job hard. That's crazy. That's wild. No. Evan has a question. He says, Hey Moan, the fear factor used to come from the defense. But with the rule changes, how much has that shifted to the offense being feared? Which is why the offensive coaches are having more success than defensive. Uh, do you think that that's true? That you look you look at an opponent and say, Man, that they're that, those guys are the ones we're worried about, the offense. I, I think the regular season, yes. I think when you hit postseason, defense is always reign supreme because it's such a chess match of trying not to give up points that coaches will pull out all stops defensively. I, it is a very offensive league. It is now. From the first week to week 18, when the playoffs hit, totally different mindset. That's where I am with that, and that's all I've ever seen. You will see more points being put up. Because there's more rules slanted for the offense, too. So unless you're Jalen Warren and you get docked for blocking people. I mean, other than that, yeah, we're good. They're still doing that, by the way. Not to Crazy. Warren, but they're doing it to other running backs. They're just Crazy. determined to eliminate that from the game. Even if, even if they just keep doing fines and then rescinding the fines. You know what well, I'm saying? They, they Well, what happens is they start cutting people rushing up the middle. That's going to make it even worse right there, DK. Oh yeah, Richard missed the beginning of the show. We did, we did yeah. an update right off the bat. How we many did. updates do you want? The, the, only you only get one. DK it's, I mean, yeah. it's in the middle of the week. It's hump day. That's exactly yeah. what it is. You start killing the vibe if you do it throughout yeah. the show. People get used to it, and it's not doesn't have that same pop. DK, come on, Rich. Yeah, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Belansky, listen to the tense that he uses here. Hey, Moan, when the Steelers and Mike Tomlin do part ways, can you see the Steelers going with an offensive head coach? Uh, three coaches over six decades all focused on defense, meaning, of course, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and Tomlin. Man, that's tough because... Hard to picture, huh? <laughs> it is hard to picture. Tennessee tells me that they're, they're supposed to pick defense, but today's football game and era tells me you you keep your head coach longer if you get an offensive guy. Well, I ain't gonna say you keep him longer, but if you get a really good offensive coordinator, they get hired from you yeah. and their head coaches. But here's the issue too, DK. Unless you are a guy that's very innovative and hit on the right players and have the right amount of health, like there have been some offensive coaches get canned and get canned quick also because the magic runs out. So I see less sustainability sometimes with offensive head coaches, but you can have great amount of sets in short windows, though. Like, that's the issue that you run into. The quarterback has to be right. 
the personnel has to be right, the coaches, for people who are offensive-minded head coaches. That's my only contingency to that. You have more security if you have a dog of a, a head coach as a defensive coach because nobody's going to come for him. And then, of course, the defense always carries for the most part. Eric Shula says, hey, Moan, if the Steelers win some of these last four games, will Mike Tomlin be good again and the Steelers' way return to the locker room? I'm not sure what the bar is here, Moan. Is it just get into the playoffs? If he gets into the playoffs, then he will have overcome adversity, uh, smiled in the face of adversity, and 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 succeeded. Will that be seen as a success? I'll say this. That's always the goal anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's a lot of adversity he's dealing with anyway, considering the quarterback situation. It's been a you know, musical chairs with the quarterback situation, offensive line, fired the offense. I mean, offensive coordinator. There's a lot of stuff that goes in it that slanted against Coach, against Coach T. Let's just be honest about that. So if they do make it into the playoffs, you just kind of tip your hat and move on and say, hey, let's do more or win a game. We said that at the beginning of this year, right, DK? Let's mm-hmm. get to the second round. Like, making the playoffs, they're on the right pathway to that. It's a matter of what they do in the playoffs and how they look. Like you make it to the playoffs and you get beat 28 to three. What did you actually accomplish other than mm-hmm. an extra playoff check? I don't want to minimize it, but what did you actually accomplish? Eddie says, Hey Moan, with the talent of TJ Watt, him being a dog <laughs> at his position, do you think that? He would be wanting to leave Pittsburgh knowing that this team is not going to win a Super Bowl. Trying to get under the hat. Here's the thing, too. TJ's a stealer. We got to stop that. I I keep reading that. It's it's really, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't one of those sports where, you know, I I know that there's a lot of me, me, me in sports now. TJ's a stealer. He is such a stealer. TJ wants to be on that wall. Yeah. The Hall of Honor. He wants to be one of those guys that comes back to the games. He loves the crowd. There's nobody who t- – I'm sorry, Mona. I, I don't mean No, to- go ahead. You're, you're, you're hitting his, everything you're, I'm saying. You're his teammate, and I'll let you – but I just no. – from my own experiences with this guy, he will pull me aside. Okay, and I'm – this is where my, my being nobody is valuable to this conversation because I am nobody in there. But he, he'll pull me aside and he'll say, man, did you see that crowd? Did you see the way they reacted to this or that or there? And we're not on the record. He's not saying, you know, hey, put me on TV so everyone will like me saying this, okay? He's just that into the Steelers and just that into Pittsburgh. Go ahead, Moan. No, that's that's all it is, DK. And he's well, signed for life, too. It, so It ain't many players that come into that locker room, whether we're winning or losing, and we usually win. I mean, hell, look at this, at this team now. They're still winning. Long as you win some, like nobody's really trying to force themselves out. I will say this: it's kind of cultish inside that locker room. Everybody thinks we have a chance to win a Super Bowl every single year, and that's one thing I do want to say. It's not like that group wants to lose. It's not like that group is saying, "Hey, let's just can this thing." When it comes down to how we 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 play as players, like guys get up for games. Guys want to appease you guys, the crowd. Guys want to win. Like, can you imagine bringing the seventh? Lombardi to Pittsburgh like that was our goal like I had dreams of doing that I had the it, in my mind of doing that like TJ will never see free agency he's gonna get an extension like if he does get moved out I think he outlasts 
Coach Tomlin or the next coach. You know what I'm saying? Like that's TJ. Like Cam, if if anybody looking should be look, looking to leave, Cam, you you bring no that chance. up about TJ. No like, chance. Ask that question. Do you see Cam Hayward going somewhere else? Answer's probably no. No. I think no. it's TJ because TJ's hot and ooh, we don't want to waste his talents. How many guys has come through that building, DK, and have just been stillers and not go nowhere else and not yeah. win a Super Bowl? The other thing is, and, and and I think especially in Pittsburgh, there's this sense that whenever whenever things go south, that you have to go through this great big pirate style rebuild. Well, the NFL is a salary cap league. You can rebuild in a raging hurry. You can go from two and four, two and well, I got to do the seventeen game schedule now. Three and fourteen to fourteen and three in a heartbeat, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's a matter of the right players. Again, I think Mm -hmm. that defensively, you you know the spots that there's issues at. CT says, hey, Moan, what was your favorite moment while playing for the Steelers? One moment, not a game, not an outcome, not a, yeah, this was the big win for us, or a moment. Go ahead. My first time walking on the NFL field, period. Really? In Where was still that? Still uniform. Washington. Washington. That preseason. That, that place. Pre, my moment. Preseason. All my hopes and dreams were on was was on my play. I walked out there to line up, and I legitimately pinched myself. You've never told me this. This is cool. Legitimately pinched myself because I was like, I made it to the Here NFL. Here I am. This that place, moment this right is there. an NFL stadium, FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. I, I made I, it. Yes. Didn't matter where it was. It was the first game for me, and I pinched myself because I'm about to get Pre-season. some NFL reps. Wow. Pre-season. My other one was my – she was my girlfriend and now my wife. Whenever they came up for the first game and me just being in Here. a position – Yeah, in Pittsburgh. Me being in a position, just fly them up for a game, go out to eat. I think we might have went to Texas Roll House or Cheesecake or something cheesy like that afterwards. Like, it was – cool those moments right there seeing my son who we just had the year before be at the game with her like those two moments right there were by far the coolest so you that's that's what you got me wow yeah 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 i was those are my moments right there you got Joel, quiet on me joel schmidt says <laughs> yeah because that's just that's just great stuff joel schmidt asks me in turn what was my favorite moment in in covering the Steelers, uh, I mean, we we as reporters we view these things very differently uh, than some than, than some others might. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to be focused on a win or whatever else here. Uh, the 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 moment that I'll always describe is there was a game that the Steelers played in Charlotte. This was several years ago, and man, they. They just ate. You guys did. Okay. Yeah. You, everybody did offensively, defensively. And there were no answers from the Panthers. And Brett Kiesel and I had a, had a conversation at his stall where he was attempting to explain to me what it means to be a Steeler. And there's just three of us left in the entire room it's me, Kiesel, and Troy yeah. Palomalu. And Troy hears what we're talking about, and Troy comes over and joins in. And 
I'll leave it there. Wow. I, I, I never, I, I never had anyone take that kind of time and invest that kind of emotion in explaining to, I'm going to say this again, a nobody, because mm-hmm. I am nobody in that room, to explain to me from the heart what it meant to be a Steeler and why they just did what they did on the football field, all while understanding that they were about to have an angry head coach come sticking their head in the door going, hey, yo, 9943, let's go, bust, and we're not waiting for you. You can hear this, right? Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> Knowing he was going to wait for him. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he yells out your numbers, even if you're Troy Palomalo. 9943, let's go. <laughs> you, that, you is, want, that is something. You so know? you had a sit down with two legends is what you're saying. And they just explain that to you. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I have, I feel like as a result of that conversation, a foundation for understanding what it is that that you guys have have long attempted to stand for. So when I see the opposite, you know, or something that's nowhere near enough, I feel like I can better recognize it and be able to explain to my viewers or listeners or readers why that is, as opposed to just repeating the mantra, the Steelers way. It doesn't mean a damn thing. Unless somebody tells you what it is in actual practice. Yeah. And why Troy was up there trembling on that stage at the Hall of Fame when he when he gave that line that said you could have played with us. Yeah. Highest yeah. compliment. Okay. You were doing a little bit of that too after yeah. the when you were talking about the offensive line. Who were yeah. the guys you know, this just this past preseason? Who who yep. were the guys that you know who could have played with us? Could have played, no doubt. Uh, so John, you you bring that up. So you think that's no longer there. I've seen a few times people saying, well, is this group too young? I do think youth and experience does matter. That those dudes you mentioned, DK, both of them, Troy and Kiesel, had spent a good bit of time like earning it. Right, DK? Oh, like, yeah. The, like Kiesel sat for how many or four or five oh, years? He, he sat. He before was he, he became was, a guy. Yeah, he was Vrabel before Vrabel was here. Yeah. Vrabel, Mike Vrabel did that here too. People forget that he was even in in Pittsburgh. Vrabel, yeah. Vrabel was a special teams guy and labeled as such. And and, and Kiesel was too. And Troy mm-hmm. played special teams also. And 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 Lamar Woodley played a special team. Uh James Harrison was a special teamer. Like the they're young. There's not a lot of those guys inside that build and steel that can just sit them down, especially on the offensive side of things. Like we still had dudes that was from that era, DK, right? Mm-hmm. Offensively, that could t- Hines was there. Okay, like there was those dudes around that could tell you this is how we're gonna operate moving forward. And I think youth has something to do with it. I ain't gonna excuse it, but it plays a part. Yeah, and there's always gonna be a generational gap. The the, the players from one team are gonna see something that with the next team that they don't like it. There's the whole being a stealer thing or whatever has always going to morph because time passes, cultures change, okay? yeah. attitudes change, things that a millennial thinks are okay, the generation before that wouldn't have thought was okay. But there still has to be that same sense of selflessness and of collective spirit. And anytime somebody says something generalized like, well, do you think that that's still there in the room right now? 
All I say is tell me that Cam Hayward doesn't have it. Tell me that TJ Watt doesn't have it. And if you want to get younger, tell me that Minka Fitzpatrick didn't walk into your locker room, Moan, in Santa Clara, California, for his first game in the middle of a season and be an instant stealer. Yeah, he was. Against the 49ers. Am I right? He was. And and just to follow it up, and we'll move to another side of this conversation, though, too, is, and sometimes it's this, though, too. If, if there is a big change, a turnover, too, you can't tell that new group how to run their locker room, nope. though, too. Mm-mm. You've lost your license the moment you're out of there, with all due yeah. respect. Yep, yep. Mean, mean Joe Green can walk into that locker room. It's not his room. He gonna, you going to listen to him? But that ain't his group no more when it comes down to how they run their locker room because you're not practicing with me. You're not out there on the game field. I respect the hell out of you, sir. I do. But this is ours now. Now, getting to that point to what you want it to look like, you can craft it and mold it, but that's player to player and coach to player and just a message, right, DK? Because they can be Mm -hmm. a different group, Mm -hmm. okay, and still win. They can be a different group and win big offensively and the defense give up 21 points a game or 24 points a game. Like, it's a matter of what the whole presentation is going to look like at the end. And that's what I think we're missing a beat on. The presentation looks bad, DK. We're going to take a couple more today. Bark Z says, hey, Moan, how do you how do you get the wide receivers to buy in and act like professionals? Give them the ball. But, but that's just kind of conceding, right? That's just it, saying, you know what? We lost. Here, you win. You get the ball. It's hard to give somebody something when they're not incentivized. To be fair and just to be very transparent about how professionals work, specifically that wide receiver position, if you're a guy that know you want to come into the league to be that dude as far as a pass catcher and you're not, guys, the quarterback play hadn't been great. They have also missed some balls themselves. That is to me, DK. We're gonna stop. I'm gonna stop beating around it. How do you get the wide receivers to buy in? Give them eight balls a game, twelve balls a game. Come out of it with a hundred yards a game between Deontay and George Pickens. I don't really blame. I do blame George. I think it's kind of childish at times. But seeing from what he was expecting out of this offense and for his <laughs> career, I think most people would be a little ticked off too. Clarence says, uh, he, he asked me here, hey, DK, who have you interviewed that you knew they were going to be that guy? The list is actually the, the, list, <laughs> the list is actually kind of long, okay? Yeah. Um, the, because with, especially with the draft, the, the, the humans who come out of that, not just the players, but the humans who come out of that have just spent a year of their lives, whether you get drafted or not, just preparing themselves to say exactly the right thing in every single setting. There can't be, Moan, any period of your life that compares to that, right? Your senior year and everything. You had to do everything right, eat every leaf of every salad, (laughs) the whole deal. No, all the sleep, all the water you can possibly get, everything. Like Nothing prepares you for that moment other than an entire year of preparation. You but know? I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a couple of examples that are going to be much like like below the surface, okay? Not like not big names or whatever. All three of the inside linebackers who started this season for the Steelers, I knew right away they could have I, it. And Landon Roberts, Cole Holcomb, 
and Quan Alexander. I knew they were here to eat. Okay, yeah. to use to use one of the football jargon terms, right? Yeah, they were here. They were not. They weren't messing around, uh, and not just in terms of what they were doing to people, their teammates in yeah. some cases out in Latrobe. Ooh. Okay, they didn't care. They had a name to make for themselves and for their room, and they were going to establish it in Latrobe, and they did. The fact that two of them have gone down for the season is something not nearly enough people are talking about. And not no. to mention they land and playing on a bum groin and, and balling out the other night against the Patriots. Uh, former team. But I'll also throw in another one oh, because he's brought it up himself is Nick Herbig. Nick. Now we don't know what we're going to get out of, you know, TJ water, Alex Highsmith Saturday in Indianapolis. But Stella Fierce points out here, Nick Herbig said he was born to be a Steeler. Wow. Okay, he said that after the draft, and he said it out in Latrobe. Uh, and he he is the reason, I, I think, I remember actually on this show, I shared a video with everybody after he got his first sack out there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm video interviewing him, and the rest of these guys wouldn't leave us alone. Like Highsmith comes in and he's, yeah, I remember, remember that. And, and TJ yep, jumped in that. and said something. Yeah, okay, because they love him, because they believe in him, because they know that he's one. He's part of this. Wow. So don't ever paint with some big broad brush to borrow another Tomlinism, and say you know oh, they don't believe in this. They're not this and that just because you don't like something from Deontay Johnson a couple of weeks ago or George Pickens. Uh, there's a lot of it still in there. That's fair, man. That, that that is a very very fair and valid point, DK. Don't categorize everybody. I I like that. I mean, because there's 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 still a lot of it there. You pointed out in the show earlier, Moan, for all the crap that this season has brought, still has seven wins. How? I know. How? I know, DK, because it's there. You just need more of it. I never forget. Um, my senior year, this is one of those preparation moments for the draft, right, DK? Mm -hmm. And it was the Steelers that asked me this question. It's probably one of the hardest questions. I've said it before on here. Should have asked Kev why they asked me that doggone question. Um, but as far as, like, the guys in the room, wins and losses, culture, right? Uh, Coach Tomlin, Kev, Mr. Rooney was in there. Coordinators asked me, how the hell you get your head coach fired? threw me off. I was expecting football questions. I, and they do that strategically to throw you off. And I had no prepared answer. You know what my answer was? Mm. It was more of them than it was of us. It was a very young group. Um, it had Didn't have a whole lot of older guys on it that had the voice of the locker room. All the dudes we played with, the culture had changed. Like, that's a very valid point. Like, and it might say, well, you're copying out. You're supposed to make people do what you want to. Not when, if it's 13 people on offense going out the night before or, you know, doing something crazier that they're not supposed to and there's only five of y'all, you can't win that battle. The same thing. You can't tell us how to do our team now. This culture has shifted. Some of that does go on in locker rooms at times. Wow. What a show. It is. It this was a good was, reset show. Huh? That's how it felt. Yeah. 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 Let's uh let's take one more today because I, I actually want this answer from you myself. Mark Lancaster asks, Hey Moan, 
Does it even matter who's playing quarterback with the way Mason Cole is giving up pressures up the middle? Uh, Dan Moore has been giving up some too. Yes. But does it matter who's playing quarterback if if this line is going to keep leaking? Uh, not a whole lot should change for Mason. Um, as far as Mason Cole, as far as him playing center or whoever the quarterback is, y'all, this is essentially just execution. It is. I don't know what Mason Cole has going on as far as whether he's just been pegged as a, you know, we're going to pressure him because defensively teams will set you up. He's our guy we're going after. Maybe they saw something on tape and Mason hadn't been able to stop it since. That's a him problem. The quarterback should not matter whatsoever. The pressure being given up is on him. And here's the thing, though, too. When it comes down to pressure, you also have to say, well, how many of them are leading to sacks? Um, if he's getting the, the quarterback off his spot, um, then that's something that has to be addressed. But here's the thing, though, too. I felt like a couple of sacks that were in the uh, Arizona game and Patriots game, mm -hmm. you, you had Mitch step into a couple of them, too. So the quarterback has to help himself in those moments. It, it doesn't matter. I'm tired of making excuses for any of them. They just got to go play ball. Like I told you before, when you have a whole lot of doubt in your game, you just got to go punch somebody in the mouth sometimes. And you can do that legally in football. Guys, we might or might not come back after this little outro. What do you think, Moan? What do you want to do, DK? We done? We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, reset show. That sounds about right. The reset show. I see two good comments. I'm glad we came back. CT said this, though, too. This is how you get through rough times. Remember what made you a fan of the team. Great show. We appreciate that because that's what today was. I feel like it was cool. We didn't do nothing rah-rah or anything like that. Um, CT, that's about as spot on as you can get. And from a player perspective, Marvin Sr., what up, baby? Is this, too? There he is. Where's he been? He's been around. He's been around. All right. Um, but he said, isn't it a mindset moan from the players that want to be physical, be nasty, and want to be smashed off? It is a mindset. Um, but it also, when you're trying to figure out how to execute, how to win, how to consistently win, how to have a streak of good plays, it kind of clouds that. Because if I go punching people in the mouth every single play and getting overly aggressive, I'm just going to get beat more. <laughs> So right. it's a fine line, uh, but you're right. You do have to do those little small things. That's one of the most cliche things ever. Do the small things right. It does matter. Our final word today comes from Jesse with a generous contribution. He says, this is my contribution for the tornado fund. I came in late yesterday. Uh, we're going to say it one more time. Thank you to everybody, uh, to Jesse and to everybody. We had contributions that were large and small, all of which come come together as one very significant contribution from this community to Ramones. Um, and we'll keep you up to date with anything new that we find out about that or how it's put to use or however that stuff works. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, no, I'm happy to have had a nice, nice little reset here. This was, this was good because I think we have to, we have to get to the point where, we understand that there are still four games to play and they're a game over 500 and sitting in a playoff spot. I know that's crazy. That has to matter. Michael Pittman Jr., he nice. From the Colts, he nice. Joey Porter Jr. got his hands filled this week. We can talk more about that. We um, will. Tomorrow. Yeah, we got a, we got a couple, couple days to really build up 
uh, the game itself in Indianapolis. I'll be heading out to Indy on uh, Friday night, actually staying in Dayton, Ohio, hmm. to cover no, that. Oh, it, yeah. It's kind of, you know, I, I pick these like two-thirds spots when I'm doing the driving trips. Yeah. You know, and I stay yeah. there, then I go do the game from Dayton to Indianapolis and come back after the game and do my writing in Dayton. Okay. So you never that, do like one long stretch of driving that way. That's actually pretty smart right there, DK. Yeah. Yeah, I'm smart. See, now it's time to end the show. Dogs are smart. <laughs> Dolly's a smart one. No, 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 no. You, you heard this. You heard the snickering <laughs> in the background. I saw. <laughs> you you could have put the clown face on him, Dolly. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? This should be better than this, Dolly. No, she does not have to be better than this. Let's do it again tomorrow, everybody. Tomorrow we'll be here, good people. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. There it was.